first place. If an emergency place. happened to someone in that room, I would want to be the one that was gone to. What? 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 Wait, say it again. Say it, yeah. Okay. So, like, I'm in a room of 10 people. Okay. <laughs> this is so good. I already kind of know what you're saying. This is really good. You want them to come to you. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I want I want oh. to be the go-to person. So somebody's you like, do uh, too, though. Like, oh, I do not. <laughs> like, I wonder if that's this, the three-wing, though. Yeah, that's This that emergency might be. or, like, this thing. That's why. Um, no. No. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, somebody? Can somebody help? <laughs> I will not just me. be emotional. Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 70. This Question is, mark? It is episode number 70. <laughs> and it's an Enneagram episode. It is every five weeks we do Enneagram episodes, so here we are, 70. Here we are in the house with our friends, Enneagram 2s. We have, uh, do you want to introduce these folks? Katie. Katie was our on our last episode, what, 55 weeks ago? 45 weeks ago, we figured that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Katie and Scott and I all work together. So we all knew each other through that and we're pals. And Katie's mm-hmm. here as an Enneagram too to return. And then we got Sydney here on FaceTime. Sydney and I have been best friends forever and Sydney's also my partner. So we're out here, these twos in the house. I guess I'm surrounded by a bunch of heart types tonight. You are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are. A lot of nice, warm heart types. Yeah. We're going to do it. So this episode, we're just going to mostly talk to Katie and Sydney about their experience of what it is to be twos. We're going to first hear some journeys, Sydney's journey to becoming or discovering her number. Becoming a two. Becoming a two. <laughs> and then, yeah, just discovering That's discovering a, a number. Gosh, that is a wild idea. And then Katie catching us up on where she's at from a year ago. And then... We're going to talk wings and variants. Variants first and maybe wings mm-hmm. if we have time and space because we like to deep dive. So we could go all night on variants. So somehow you're a person that has clicked on this episode. You've never listened to No Small Thing. Every five episodes we talk about the Enneagram. This is our second time talking about twos. We've been doing this podcast for a little about over a year and a half, about mm-hmm. a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And um, we like talking about the Enneagram. So here you are. Somehow yeah. you clicked on this and you're listening and we're going to get right into Enneagram talk. And mm-hmm. again, just for, as disclaimers, we're not going to explain the Enneagram. We assume you know something about the Enneagram, but we're going to talk about twos. And if you're trying to discover that type, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. Here we are. Katie, should you? <sighs> we're going to hear about your journeys. She should go first since she did the dis- discovering. Oh, Sid. Sydney going recently first. discovered some things about herself. Yeah, so it's been on a journey of whether you were what, two, four, seven? Yeah, but it it started with thinking I was a nine. The very first number I ever thought I was was a nine. Because oh. when I first heard about the Enneagram, I was listening to the Liturgist podcast and I had no sense of what the Enneagram actually was. And I definitely de- didn't think that I'd be talking about it like years later. So I just kind of randomly was like, oh yeah, this sounds right. Because uh, Science Mike on the liturgist had said that he had fallen asleep from stress in a coffee shop. And I have fallen asleep in stress in public spaces many times. And so wow. I was like, okay, I'm a nine. <laughs> That's, it. That's it? That's the one thing? 
<laughs> that's settled. I'm a nine. Yeah. And I also, I do think, like, peacemaking that uh, I was like, okay, I'm a nine. Well, and yeah, then, and two's a nine is a very common mistype. Probably the biggest mistype, probably. Mm-hmm. They're both pretty gentle. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why sometimes. Warm and gentle. Mm, yeah. So you're walking around thinking you're a nine. I'm yeah, no, like, and also like not really caring about the enneagram. This was like oh. I don't know. <laughs> also, just, just took a was, listen to one it thing. It was like several years ago. Yeah. Um, and then quickly after that, I was like, oh, I'm a four, and have thought that I was a four for the last several years, but in the last like probably six months kind of just gate like let go of the Enneagram. I was like, eh, I don't really know. Like a lot of things resonate, but not like completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were the big four things that resonated? I wrote them down. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, prepared. Like being really emotional and always wanting to like process things either through like painting or writing pro- poetry like feeling like I just had so many more emotions than the people I encountered and like feeling like I needed to do something with that. Um, But also now being on the other side of this, now I see that that was like also me wanting to process other people's feelings and like Mm. help them. Mm. Um, But I, Mm. most of the reason I thought I was a four was all emotion based. Um, yeah. And also I think something about a four was like I like being unique and I like being uh like recognized and so I got that mixed up for being like that being some fourness. Yeah. Yeah. And then about two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, I think it was like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two weeks ago, Scott and Macy FaceTimed me for several hours. <laughs> we did like a whole, it was like our first Enneagram like number discussion. Yeah, I think the thing with us, I think the thing with us is that like, I'm always here for the long, deep conversation. Yeah. And typically I have other people cut me off or I can tell the body <laughs> language or the eyes or the yeah. energy is like, it's winding down. And I just kept thinking... This doesn't seem to be winding down, and I'm here <laughs> <No>. for it. <laughs> <laughs> there was no winding. Yeah. Well, we were – so Sid thought she was a four for a long time. I'm a four. I've always seen a lot of four characteristics in you, but I've also always felt a two energy, and there's so many similarities between us, but also major differences. So I think it was interesting and fun for us to be like – yeah, you kind of like were like, I'm over the Enneagram. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of complicated and wild. And then you initiated like, let's see. So it was fun to be like open hands. Let's figure out looking at all the numbers. Like let's bring all the numbers to the table. And like, because Enneagram is, it's complicated the way that we, I don't know, encounter it in this like pop culture Enneagram world. Because it's memes Mm -hmm. and it's people who don't necessarily understand the Enneagrams talking about the Enneagram, which I think we are part of that in like early days, especially of just talking so much of what we, oh, I just read this. But it's like we don't fully know all these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think Scott and I were often like, is it a two? Is (laughs) it a four? So it was fun. We don't know. We don't know. But But Scott at one point thought I was a seven. 
And yeah. that was the only one that really was like shaking. I was like, no, I'm way too emotional to be a seven. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Sevens are emotional, but Not happy yeah, too sad. Maybe, maybe too willing to think about sadness. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Probably too. Yeah. I just don't want to stay there. Don't want to stay there. Yeah. 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 Okay. So is that a Sydney journey? Well, no, what was it? What was We're it? We're done with the Sydney drink. Okay. In that conversation, <laughs> figuring out your number. Oh. Because we talked for so long. And what were the, the points where you were like, oh, because at the end you were like, all right, guys, I am a chill. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Clapping <laughs> for this moment. It, it really worked. It really clicked. But it t- took about three and a half hours. Well, and I think we all came into <laughs> it being like, I don't know. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, actually, if Sydney is a two or four or maybe a seven or a nine or with the variants. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that some of the biggest things that resonated with me, I was not aware that like they just weren't things that everyone was doing so like I constantly have like a list uh running through my head of like other people's needs or just like an awareness of like people's schedules and like what might be nice for them people other people's schedules yeah yeah nope Um, (laughs) never not even my own schedule (laughs) that's that's true uh the I don't know if this was in our conversation or the podcast that you sent me to listen to this week was talking about it, of, like, a pride in being empathetic and, like, Mm. knowing other people's needs. And that's just, I mean, there's no denying that. Like, Mm. none. Like, Mm. I, yeah. Um, And then constantly just, like, reaching out to people, providing encouragement, being out of touch with my own needs. Mm. Yeah. That's like unhealthy behavior. Not But you you feel yourself kind of skewing that way to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. That is the way So you had to think about that one. Mm-hmm. No, I was like flipping. <laughs> Let me check my, my notes. <laughs> I don't know if I skew that way. Let me check my notes. I think one thing like, <laughs> sometimes being so overwhelmed by like maybe not knowing what I'm feeling that I'm like Oh, I could just easily take care of this need for someone else, and like mm-hmm. that would that would. And I'm also just like happen to be a checklist person, so it's like, oh, I could just take care of this, and then like at least something maybe three wing productive is happening. Like need to be productive. Mm. So like helping another person becomes the productivity, the thing to do. Yes, the thing oh, to yeah. be successful at. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Katie's a two wing three too. Yeah. We think we have two wing threes. I think some of the goal is to have people of different variants and wings and we still don't quite know what variants these two are. Yeah. I think self-pres, we'll probably we don't know. Maybe sexual. sexual. Yeah. Uh, I have a pretty good idea. Okay. Ooh. So do you want to hear like a Katie check-in? Yeah. Yeah. I can Katie yeah. update check-in. check-in. Okay. So I kind of shared my story last year of um, hearing I was a two or taking a test, finding out I was a two and knowing that I resonated with it because I hated it so much and because Mm. it called out so many things, especially last year at this time that I was experiencing Hmm. of just almost not even like not being able to recognize what I needed or liked individually outside Mm. of the people around me. Mm. Um, And I think since then, since even like discovering that was years ago, like even before we recorded last year, um, that I was a two, I have like been working really, really hard of 
knowing what my own needs are, knowing how to take care of myself, um, knowing and being able to recognize somebody else's even just like emotions and separate them from my own emotions. Ooh, um, good work for her too. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's been like a really, really good and <laughs> yeah. really hard year. And I think there are even some moments now that I'm like, I don't think I'm a two anymore. Like I think I'm a seven or a four or not, you know, all yeah. those things I, or a three. I, well, I, these days I think I'm a three a lot, hmm. but when it comes down, <laughs> when it comes down to, like the core of who I am, my still major thing is being of use to other people mm. and, and mm. like <sighs> being able to <laughs> resonating side, <laughs> mm. being able to like befriend. And that that's like the, my main like passion and love are people and being able to walk and in, step into their lives and be an impact in some way. Mm hopefully positive. <laughs> so that's, that still remains, even though a lot has changed in my mannerisms and, and patterns and, um, being able to recognize some of the, uh, you know, I think with twos co- comes a lot of manipulation and, um, mm. some self-awareness, like despair yeah. almost. Ooh. Mm. Like, <laughs> how would you describe that? Yeah. Like, in just the moments of spiraling out of control of I've helped you, I've helped you, I've helped you. Oh. Why are you not helping me and being stuck in that? <laughs> so, you feel that, Sid? <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I, get, I always say stuck as the thing is not being able to move past it. And that's why I said despair is just that stuck. Hmm. Um, and, and being able to catch myself now a lot of times before... I even get to that point. Do you, is that the point you go to eight? Do you feel like? Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so helpful. Uh, I think last year we talked about, uh, the eight side of just being the confrontational and aggressive. I don't think that like when twos are in stress, they go to like a healthy eight. They definitely go to like the very aggressive. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. It goes to the, <laughs> when you're in stress, it goes to the unhealthy side yes. of the other yeah. number. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And so don't want to like throw any eights under the bus there, but like I, I can be really mean. I know that about myself. Yeah. So, so definitely being able to catch myself before I get there. And when I'm acting that way, I know it like now it's you know because mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't addressed my needs and I have expectations for how the other person should be acting hmm. and what they I haven't really with. experienced Ooh. this mean <laughs> side, but Sydney, what are your thoughts on what Katie's saying? <laughs> Do you relate? Similar, I think I said this the other day, not so much about, uh, wow, I totally lost my train of thought, but people doing <laughs> something like back for me, but I just get so frustrated when people aren't grateful and that's when I'll go off the rails. Yeah. Yeah, mm. like mm. appreciate my efforts. Return. I just need you to be grateful, or like you're, you might see me snap. This is what I just, I do have to stop and say. I do think this is why the Enneagram is so interesting because yeah. it does open our eyes yeah. to how we're all out here doing it differently. Yeah, and yeah. I remember um, recently picked up Sydney from the airport, mm-hmm. and uh, the flight was canceled because of. Rain and lightning, lightning Thunder? here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I was, I'm almost offended by gratitude. 
Not that I'm a proud of that. I mean, I think it's weird, but like Macy on the way home was very much like, thank you. Thank you for doing that. And I'm like, oh, well, I only did it because I wanted to. I don't, I'm not doing any favors here. Like I liked the idea of going out and picking up Sydney and talking to Macy and Matthew. And I really wanted everybody to do, know that I wouldn't do it if I didn't want to. And there's no thanks necessary. Yeah. Like I'm offended by the thank you. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I'm so aware that it's so different than other people. Oh. <laughs> like I want a reputation that, oh, he only does things he wants. <laughs> I don't oh, know why. Yeah. I mean, in your same situation, I would have been like, yeah, I'm actually enjoying this. There's a difference in like, but because I also would have just thought that would be so fun. Like, just go in the car and like, yeah, do this thing. But I don't know. I think of what I'm talking about is something slightly yeah, different. I, I bet it is that I need to learn from, <laughs> um, you know, this is a side note. I was listening to a podcast recently about like, going consciously into your stress numbers and how like that can be really powerful of instead of it being an unconscious thing, like going to eight unconsciously, like for a two to consciously move to eight, I think you can consciously move into the, like, like the positive sides of eight, because that is a two asserting themselves and finding themselves. Like there's something very healthy about that movement, but when it's happening in a spiral and you're not aware of what what it's doing, then it's like a little bit unleashed and uncanny. But if you're being able to be conscious in it and like aware of what you're doing and use it Mm -hmm. as a power, then it can be a way for a two to assert themselves. And that makes me think about the variance with two because a social two, social twos, are good at like controlling a group of people and like very leadership type. And if they are engaging in the positive um, eight mannerisms, then they yeah. might actually look like that more. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, I, later. I, I do think, I do think in terms of Enneagram, we should be all striving to try to be the best of all the numbers yeah. mm-hmm. at the right moments. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know what that means, but it's not just going to the number. Like if I'm supposed no. to go to eight, I shouldn't get so hyper focused on being an eight. No, I can be like this would requ- this moment would require some threeness. This yeah. moment would re- would require some sixness. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, kind of like pulling from the like energy of the other numbers mm-hmm. and like yeah. knowing that they're out there and that there's people living their lives with those being their like superpowers helps you yeah. to be like I can do this oh, then. Yeah. Like yeah. there's someone who's been doing yeah. this their whole life. Mm-hmm. I yep. can try it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this a good intro? Do we want to know more about these two before we well, like take a break? Maybe. I think we could say, like, I think another thing we were discussing when we were coming up with Sydney's, like, discussing Sydney's number was, like, the amount of, like, other random, like, quote-unquote conscious work you were doing outside of the Enneagram. And just, like, oh, yeah. how that also made it complicated in figuring out your number because you're like, well, I'm, like, working and doing on these things, so I don't, like, necessarily want to claim that maybe the two label. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I would probably call myself a recovering codependent. Hmm. So I think that was a big, like, no, I don't, that, I think that's definitely why I was like, I want to be a four because four goes to two in stress. What is it called? Yes. And so I was like, that was when I wasn't healthy and I was focusing on everyone else. And now like I am healthier. Um, but I like, I can balance that and that can be healthy. Like, being a two was not bad. I just, I don't know why I was really against being a two. And then that was when I checked out of the Enneagram 
And I um, (laughs) have been in a therapy group for the last year and a half uh, doing schema work, which is like um, patterns that begin in childhood and why we act certain ways. So very parallel to uh, the Enneagram. And a lot of the things that came up for me were codependent things and making sure that other people were okay. Hmm. Um, And... Can you yeah. can you explain schema work a little bit for people that don't know? It's so much. It's like right now, if you were like, can you just explain the enneagram right now? It's can a you flood. Like explain the whole thing and all like. Oh, maybe just explain what schema work has meant to you. Okay, and so what you do weekly. Yeah. I joined this group like um, thinking it was going to be a few months, and like in the beginning, we got the this like little survey thing and like little worksheets. Um, And now it's become so much more than that and, like, kind of releasing childhood wounds a little bit. And, like, um, and I think I've just now have uh, gotten a desire to do other self-work. So I guess this is a little bit what Macy was talking about is I've been reading, like, a lot of books on manifestation and just other spiritual things. And so I was getting kind of overloaded by, like, trying to do all of these different Mm -hmm. things in my life. Um, and so, yeah, but the, the schemas are just looking at something that has happened in your childhood and how you carry that experience with you in your adulthood and how you react accordingly. Hmm. That sounds very similar to Enneagram. Yeah. Like schemas are like the schemas you build as a, as a child, then you like, they become the scaffolding. So it's trying to like see them. But there's no like specific, like oh, you have all of these. Right. Like, on the worksheet, you can have, like, one from all over. And I honestly think that's why I was drawn to it more than the Enneagram for a while yeah. because it just felt like I could choose what related to me. Or, like, yeah. It was more open-ended. It wasn't quite as, like, if you're this number, then, like, all of these, you don't, like, check all these boxes kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. We'll do a poll on our Instagram. What's better, schemas or Enneagram? <laughs> I'm sure that I'm the totally majority kidding. of your people are <laughs> 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 so seriously. Is, is, is actually going to do this? <laughs> I'll try to be open-minded to it, but I don't really like it. I'm just going to take a picture of your face. Uh, I mean, I would love to hear, maybe this would be a good finale to this section. What? Like, I, like getting out of the way and letting Sydney and Katie have a conversation about what, <laughs> how you guys understand the concept of codependency, because I do feel like that's a two ooh, thing. That's oh. a good vibe. Codependency. <laughs> <laughs> how would you describe that? I don't know. I think the first thing I think of is I've always, I've, I've always been someone who has a group of friends, but one friend that I'm just absolutely closest to Um and that that's like kind of changed during different seasons of my life. And right now I'd probably say that it's Scott Strong. Um, Scott Katie's more, new husband. My n- newest. Newest husband. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, but, but. Latest husband. There's, there's something for. <laughs> he's doing minis again, by the way. Yeah. Again. For those listening, Scott he's is in the background. I'll take a picture. Sir, a mushroom. Yeah. Keep talking. Keep talking. Um, I don't know. For for me, I've never really seen it as an unhealthy thing. More so, I've seen it as a safe thing because 
I have someone who knows. I think twos twos like to help a lot, and um, I don't know if this is true for everyone. So Sydney, maybe this is not true for you, but I feel like we'll safest see. when only just a few people really know like the truest me. Um, oh no, that's no, not the same. <laughs> and that might be because I'm self-raised too. Like, oh, yeah, no, I'm we're different. In that. Yeah. Very yeah. Different. That's really interesting. Um, but, but just I, the fear of like rejection and that people wouldn't need me if they really knew who I was. Um, and because of that, I've had a few people who are just like, know my true soul. Everybody else knows me pretty well, but there's been like probably one person at a time that really I feel safe opening up to. So I don't know if that's codependency or just a trust thing. Hmm. Um, there are also people who, um, I haven't necessarily, well, no, that's not true. Cause I want Ooh. help. I want Scott to know my needs. So <laughs> I was going to say they don't have to know my needs, but he does. What do you think, Sydney? Yeah. Um, I think that codependency for me is needing someone to meet my need and refusing to meet that need for myself when I'm capable of it. So, Oh whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa. whoa. Sometimes in life, there are things that literally take two or more people. That is a valid thing. (laughs) Often, there are things that I could do for myself. This is mostly related to technical things, um, like computer things. And I think there's like a lot wrapped into that because... I actually like have a disability that my brain shuts down and I was like struggling to take math exams online. Um, but then I kind of played into that even more because I realized that if other people did it for me, then like that was nice. And I was connecting to that person <laughs> and like bonding through, Oh, <laughs> the honesty. Through this moment of like, Oh, like in the end, like you helped me with this exam and like, then like I don't know we get to like share that victory and I like uh sharing people's victories like when they did something good I like being part of it so I think I projected that maybe other people like that too <laughs> some thoughts the projection I feel like I'm going too deep too I mean deep off the one side. of the ways I, I understand codependency voice. is is this idea that like I'm not fine unless you're fine yeah you know yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, do you guys relate to that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, not yeah. not so much these like truest days, just because I recognize it as a pattern, and maybe I haven't fully internalized it mm-hmm. and learned from it, but I recognize that as not true. You know, like <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Like maybe okay. I still feel that way, but I'm trying really hard to not act on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sydney. Yes. <laughs> just <laughs> for those like of you a, at home listening, like there is a we just got a head nod. Like checking in on the other person and like yeah. I I do think that codependency maybe typically or maybe not, but in my life it works both ways. So like both people just being like, Are you okay? Are you okay? Like True. It yeah. does work both ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Two teams <sighs> being together would be a very interesting it would be mode to mm-hmm. be in. Would be yeah, I, I mean that's a uh, uh, who, 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 who's Helen? <laughs> Helen, so Helen that's Palmer. basically it too. Yeah, <laughs> Helen Palmer has the, the book Enneagram and Love and Work, and when you read about the two two twos being together, yeah, it sounds actually the opposite of what you'd imagine it would be. 
and this is obviously just Helen Palmer reading and talking about it, but like saying essentially the two is waiting for a need to arise in their partner. Mm -hmm. And so the two twos are looking at each other being like, do you have a need? And they're like, do you have a need? And they're like, no, I, I don't have a need. Do you have a need? And they're like, somebody's got to have a need here. I got to have <laughs> yeah. something yeah. to serve, you know? It's like, and they just kind of get this stalemate. That's what the word she is. Like, there's no juice here because we're both waiting for the other person to have a need so I can get activated. Oh, and the other one won't express their need. Yeah. Yeah. So they just kind of sit there being like, I guess we're both just going to be selfless together mm-hmm. here, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> have very little needs, and yeah. Have, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it does seem like a very interesting pairing is is a two with probably a very aggressive, assertive type, because mm-hmm. there's some very obvious needs that would arise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just that's a free form thought. That's not thought <laughs> through, but he's just popping off. Okay, is this our intro? That's it, everybody. That, that was a nice little 28-minute intro. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> and so... Hopefully when, you know our guests now. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. Um, when we come back, we'll get into talking about the variants and maybe some stacking things and talking Ooh, about that. Didn't realize we're going to stack well, I, don't I like know. that. I don't know. Nope. Maybe. Nope. We're going to do Shoulder it. Shoulder shrug. Okay. When we come back, when everybody. We Kickstarts with just an idea and then get into the variants? Yes, oh. yes, okay. Scott. I, I want to hear Sydney and Katie sign off on this idea. Okay. We're not recording quite yet, but here we go. All right, everybody, we're back. We're about to get into variants, but um, what, what I'm really hoping and wanting, and this has already sort of happened, but I really want, I mean, obviously, you guys aren't here in the room with us, but like uh, Katie and Sydney are here, and I essentially want mostly to hear them talk about what it's like to be a two. So I'm gonna I'm reading from the complete Enneagram right now by Beatrice Chestnut, and she's kind of talking about this um, what she calls and we haven't really read about this in the new Enneagram episodes mm-hmm. the cognitive mistake Ooh. of each type. Okay. Every so listen to that phrase. Every type has a cognitive mistake. So I'll read this and see if you relate, and then maybe the two of you can riff on it for a, a sec. Okay, <laughs> giving you some material here. The two's cognitive mistake centers on the underlying assumption that they have to seduce others into liking them. Conversely, they may think that it is selfish to focus on their own needs and desires. Long after they've left the early environment, their own needs weren't seen in which they first learned to focus on others' needs. Type 2s retain the belief that responding to others' needs is good and expressing your own needs is bad. (laughs) These habitual ways of thinking form early in life and are difficult to change. They served a vital protective function for the developing self. Hmm. But like the acorn shell inhibits inhibits the acorn's growth, twos inhibit their own growth by staying within the confines of these habitual patterns of thought. Here are some key beliefs and assumptions characteristic of type 2 personalities. They reflect different aspects of the cognitive mistake that leads twos to assume that they will not be lovable unless they work hard to earn value through supporting other people. So these are the cognitive mistakes, the the, the mistakes or the messaging that you tell yourselves theoretically. I am not lovable as I am. I can only get affection or care by seducing others into relationship through meeting their needs. If I express my real feelings, desires, and needs, I will be rejected. I don't have as many needs as other people have. Hmm. 
Not having many needs myself, it's easier to sacrifice my needs for the service of someone else than to assert my needs or desires. Conflict produces bad feelings and disapproval and risks damaging relationships. I know how to make people like me. My ability to make people like me ensures my survival. Hmm. Most people like happy people who flatter them and meet their needs. Most people don't like needy people who cause trouble. When you give to others, they're obligated to give back. <laughs> These are examples of the cognitive mistake. So does anything, I mean, I know it's a lot, but a does lot. anything stand out to you? I should have just shared one and let you guys talk about that. Maybe I'll edit it out and make it seem like I just shared one. No. So I'm not an overwhelming person. No, how no. am I supposed to do that? <laughs> okay. Totally kidding. No. Totally kidding. <laughs> I think keep it all because it's just good background knowledge about twos. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I think that what stood out to me is the belief. This is what I relate to. The belief that I don't have as many needs as other people. Mm. And I think that comes from a lot of narratives given to me when I was younger for sure. In fact, I like remember a conversation with a therapist a few years ago um, where we were trying to talk to, talk through whether or not I should buy a sweater for myself that I was really liking. And I was so frustrated. No, I was so frustrated that she was making me talk about this. Wow. Because I had written it off as like, I don't actually need that. Like, there are better things to do with my money. And Mm. she caught on to that and was like, Mm. but you like it. Mm -hmm. It's probably like new clothes. You have to get new clothes every once in a while. But you don't understand. Like, I don't need it. Hmm. Like, like, and she, she like kept catching on to it and made me like process through it several times. You have a need here. Yeah. 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 And I was like, but you don't understand. Like hmm. <laughs> I kept trying to explain it to her. So it's interesting that she caught on to that. Hmm. Um, but I think I definitely do believe that I don't have as many needs as other people, even though I'm <laughs> sure I do. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> and yeah. And the idea oh. that, that, uh, definitely have to convince other people to like you to like Ooh. me yeah oh i missed I convince it you? oh just convincing other people to like you oh oh do that? yes <laughs> yes yeah i think the thing that scott said when he was reading that stood out or were you reading were you talking that <laughs> stood out was uh just wanting to be loved and not like needing to be loved back and but beyond that for me it's this feeling that people are going to forget about me and I'm just going to keep doing things so that mm. people are like charmed by me and want mm. me around and mm. don't forget about my existence Yeah, that's big Spinel that. vibes in particular too big Spinel vibes <laughs> I know neither of them have seen the Steven Universe movie Spinel <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could just go off on Spinelli. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> no, we can't. It'd be a waste of time. No spoilers. Either. <laughs> no spoilers. I think the seducing thing I thought was interesting in the beginning. Yeah, I do. I do think that like language is used a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Because the seducer. I do, I do think my. I just asked a question. Now I'm gonna talk, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> my thought is like that is a word that may need redeeming. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. seduce, especially for women, is probably. Um, loaded and um, not flattering. Yeah, it maybe has like an interesting connotation. I would I would hope in the middle of the conversation like this that it's a bit more neutral. It's not seen as like sexual necessarily mm-hmm. or like manipulative or bad. It's just it's just a thing that happens. Yeah, 
and it's a word that describes what's happening. But, uh, I mean, I guess a way to describe the, the word seduce is, like, essentially um, earning favor somehow. Earning, mm-hmm. you know, getting a, a reaction mm-hmm. that you're wanting. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily need to be sexual or something like yeah. that. But it usually is. It, what do you think, Sid? I feel like it's, like, it. the word that I like better, it's, like, adjacent to charming someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charming. So I feel, like, a lot more at ease, like, at ease, like yeah, I'm. I want to charm someone for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I want them to be on my team. Like mm-hmm. I don't even want to deny that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like That's I like good. when people like me. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, it's a natural thing. And to compare it to me is like sometimes I I have to have this cognitive thought of oh I should charm someone. Yeah, or I should it's care if this natural. person likes me in this yeah. moment. There are certain times where I like I don't care at all if they like yeah. me, and I maybe mm-hmm. don't want them to because yeah. like yeah. then that would require. <laughs> so much energy or relationship yeah, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile i'm like i know i don't like you but i still want you to like me. <laughs> yes, people. Yes. <laughs> oh like, yeah it doesn't matter i still want to be in the favor, <laughs> in the favor. <laughs> that's why i feel like the twos would listen and be like that's what i hope i hope a two listens and, and catches on there's head. people that relate and understand them <laughs> Okay, should we get into the variants? Yeah, let's get into the variants a bit. Um, Katie, you wanted to a bit a brief like, what are the variants vibes? Yeah. Okay. So Enneagram has the nine types, and then those are its own like type system and like ecosystem that shapes the way we see our world, just the ways that we're shaped through our number. But then, kind of layered on top of that slash like mashed alongside that is your instinctual layer of your ego. Um, and there's three instinctual variants and Scott and I both, I think at this point are like, they're just as important. Knowing your instinctual variant is just as important or helpful for you as knowing your number. Um, because just like your number, they're shaping the way you see the world and they're having, you're focusing in on one neat, like one thing more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And so you can't see your blind spots. So there's three instinctual variants. There's the self-preservation instinctual variant, which is in its name, it kind of explains what it is. It is the, the way in which someone sees themselves as surviving and going, getting okay in the world by literally self-preserving. So they surround themselves by their actual physical needs. They care about spaces. They care about being comfortable. They care about their bodies. They're, a care about their monetary, 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 monetary needs. (laughs) Um, what else is self presvised? Anything that brings them safety and comfort. Safety. Yeah. Safety and comfort are their like main focuses of attention. What was the the person we were listening to a podcast recently by the liturgist. Mm. And there was someone who talked about the instinctual variance in terms of the way that they burn and oh, right. self-preservation burned warm. Warm. So I think that self-preservation that people have maybe a cozy vibe. Yeah. I think a lot of the time. Um, but it's also your... Yeah, Katie likes warm things, blankets, oh, yeah. cozying mm-hmm. up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's also <laughs> the way the instincts work. It's, it's this instinct, but then it's also kind of like layered with your number. So you see the way that it's not just your number and your instincts like one plus one. It's like the interaction of them becomes this like bigger conglomerate thing. Yes. Um, And then there's a social instinct, 
which is based this like instinct that I will be okay and I will survive if I'm good in the group and it's the group that will keep me safe. So this person's focus of attention is on things like societal things. Their focus of attention is on like a whole family structure. Their attention is on maybe their workplace. They're, they care about the bigger community and their place in community. And that is the focus of their attention and how they find their safety mm-hmm. is through that is mm-hmm. their place in that. Um, and then the last, Oh, and that burns cold. Yep. Which I think that's sense. interesting. Burns cold. Yeah. We could get really going deep diving on that. Um, <laughs> we will not. And we, then we, we shall not, we shall <laughs> not do that. The last one is called the one-to-one instinct or the sexual instinct. And this is this idea that in order to survive, my, I will find safety and comfort in my one-to-one intimate relationships. If I can connect with another person and have this intimate connection, be that romantic, be that familial, be that friendship, these connections are what are grounding and keeping me safe and comforting me. And these people are intense. They're, they are considered burning hot, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. burning hot. These are people who are they're like eye contact is like a word that comes up with intimate types. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it is that connection with another person that is how they see themselves. So then that gets matched with your number. Yeah. So see, that's the interesting thing, thing is we're talking about variance. <laughs> we have yeah. two oh, twos yeah. on. Two twos right? on. Now I think Sydney and I would identify as sexual, sexual. types. Macy is a social type. Katie potentially self-preservation type. Pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Now, Especially so w- where twos could get mm-hmm. really big into like connecting over two things, mm-hmm. both Sydney and I were getting really you guys about vibe the, about the sexual things. Well, especially <laughs> the eye contact thing. <laughs> You know, <laughs> not, not only am I on, honestly like, uh, I mean, and it probably happens and manifests itself differently in different numbers, but like, I'm constantly trying to make eye contact with people. I'm like, look at me. Oh. I'm like, look at me when you talk to me. But also, um, I mean, I'm not. We're just just gonna get really honest on the podcast right now. There is something sexual about that. There is mm-hmm. something about like, <laughs> I guess if you're actually interested in somebody, eye contact would be essential. Like. Um, and then it was like, ooh, some deep eye contact. That's that's something, <laughs> you know. That's something. <laughs> as far as I'm going to go on this podcast, everybody. <laughs> you literally called it out the other day, Mace, when we were finishing our phone conversation. I was like, can we just FaceTime for like one minute? I need to see your face. I was like, oh yeah, this. I was like, I'll meet this like one to one person's need that yeah. they that like she needs to see my face and make eye contact yeah, yeah, i don't yeah, need yeah. that nece- it's not yeah. the top of my needs but it is at the top of sid's yeah i i i mean you go off i guess i guess i guess one thing is i can edit this out if i don't <laughs> if it's too much but like uh that's that my wife is a nine and so that is a struggle for marissa it's like if it's that's my wife uh if it's getting intense it, the probably more intense for me, the more eye contact it requires. Right, and I'm like this. I, it's too much. Yeah, and that's Marissa too. As a nine, uh, uh, as like, it's getting intense. Less eye contact, and I'm like, look at me, look at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Variance. Variance. Okay, and I, I'll <laughs> say one variance. one last thing about variance. <laughs> one last thing about variance is the way in which the Enneagram community tends to speak about variance is you'll hear the word stacking, mm-hmm. and so it is kind of understood that 
you have one variant or instinctual instinct that is overdeveloped. Mm-hmm. So that is your dominant type. And then you have one that is relatively developed. And then there's one that is underdevelopment. So one underdeveloped. So one is considered your like instinctual blind. Mm-hmm. So one, you, you're only focusing often on two of these ways of surviving and you're forgetting about the third mm-hmm. when it, a wholesome way to survive is to be able to see all three of these mm-hmm. and maybe find balance amongst them. So that's a the way the stackings, <laughs> like that's a productive way. Maybe. Wholesome. wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So these, that's Do how variants productive are. Is a better word than wholesome. Productive. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking of wholesome as like, if you can see, you can see the greater part, you can see the whole of needing oh, all of these oh, instincts wholesome. to be <laughs> oh, like, Yep, you yep. need like all encompassing. All encompassing. Uh, yeah. That's a different. That's a nice take on wholesome. <laughs> whole the whole. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a way. Yeah, it's a different way to think of the word wholesome. <laughs> now, I was thinking of <laughs> like wholesome as in like good and sweet the, and. Yeah, that's how I was kind of thinking yeah. of it. But you're thinking of the, the whole big picture. Yeah. I'm thinking Is of it like. Is that a way people think of the word wholesome? That's how I kind of think of it. We <laughs> use that word a lot. Are we thinking of it in terms of? No, I, I think I go back and forth. I go yeah. back and forth. Okay. Okay. Should, should, we, should we have them talk about sexual self-preservation and what that means to them? We should. Who wants to start? FaceTime or pink microphone? <laughs> <laughs> I can start because, well, it sounds like we both are pretty new to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was listening to, who is it? Beatrice Chestnut. Beatrice Chestnut, Beatrice Chestnut did an interview with Typology. And she was talking about how the self-preservation variant for two is very, like, childlike and playful. And that is the way that they, um, like, that's their seduction mm-hmm. method mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. being very youthful and fun and um, fun-loving. And um, I think that is definitely me. And I think that before I had kind of pushed that away when Scott Grunholz had had suggested that. Before we had talked, we're like, no, "No, that's not me. (laughs) But I think it's true, and I think that also, (laughs) I, um, I do. I am much more cautious with who I'm helping, Hmm. um, especially these days, but also just in general, and um, not wanting to make my not make not wanting to make it just a throwaway help thing, but Hmm. wanting to make it really meaningful and kind of like holding it at arm's distance. Hmm. Um, Sometimes I'll just jump in and help, but I'm also like a little more thoughtful and, and (laughs) self-preservation like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, But yeah, that's the, the latest. What? Okay. Let me just ask a quick question too, but uh, in terms of seducing, Mm -hmm. like one of the, okay. So first of all, Beatrice Chestnut, who's like queen of the Enneagram, is a self-pres too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to say about this. I'm going off free form thoughts and emotions here, but like (laughs) there is also, I think personally, a similarity between Katie and, right? Um, The similarity? Similarity in the, in the tone of speech. Macy, do you track with that? Yeah, I can definitely way vibe Beatrice with that. Beatrice and Katie talk. Let me think. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I could I could is. see it. It is I don't know, it's hard to describe and I don't know. Maybe I'm just going along with it, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, let me try to describe it. Great. Um I'm looking for 
I'm, I'm trying to, this is like you're trying to describe a wine or something. Okay. You know, you're like closing <laughs> yeah. your eyes and trying to, <laughs> sloshing it around, and you'll say, uh, a little, yeah. I know that's, that's kind of cringy, but um, a, a, a little bit sweet and playful combined with some serious professionalism. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be true. You I'm know? trying to make sure that you take me seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, I think you give off sweet child like, not childlike, but like whimsical, whimsical energy. Yeah. Like you are super down to be silly. I mean, you and Scott are like, especially together, Scott Strong. Mm-hmm. You guys, it Katie's brings husband. out a very like silly, carefree like vibe that yeah. is mm-hmm. very fun. Yeah. I mean, one of the things we all bond over is Steven Universe, right. which I think like draws right. on that side of you. And oh yes, Steven. Steven. <laughs> Steven, the I ultimate too. Steven Universe is a, has a lot of two characters. Yeah. It really does. Uh, Sydney, what do you what do you want to contribute uh, in terms of potentially being a sexual to? So before you just kind of said that I think Sydney and I are both sexual twos, everything that I was reading sexual today, types. I was pretty torn between social and sexual. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I do really, really like the one to one connection. And I do like knowing that in the group I have a one-to-one connection. But more than that, like, I kind of like like knowing, like, I'm really close to this person and this person and this person. Like, mm-hmm. I have, like, at least an upper hand on, like, at least one person in the room. But, like, preferably maybe three. Like, no, so upper that's hand. why I was maybe. <laughs> upper hand. <laughs> this is Just, great. like, a little bit of a closeness. Like, like. That's a fun oh, way of okay. saying it, this though, an upper true, hand. True good example. Oh, please, 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 If an please, emergency please. happened to someone in that room, I would want to be the one that was gotten to. What? 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 <laughs> Wait, say it again. Say it, yeah. Okay. So, like, I'm in a room of 10 people. Okay. <laughs> this is so good. I already kind of know what you're saying. This is really good. You want them to come to you. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I want, I want oh. to be the go-to person. Oh. So somebody's you like, do uh, too, somebody's I, like oh, <laughs> I do not. Like, I wonder if that's this, the three-wing, though. Yeah, this that's emergency might be. or, like, this thing. That's why. Um, no. No. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, somebody? Can somebody help? I will not just me. be yeah. emotional. Yeah, yeah. I would just, like, break and down. I have thought, thought that I would maybe in crisis go to sleep because, like, I wasn't joking when I said that earlier. Yeah, I that's a sad vibe. I've in some crazy settings, <laughs> like, very loud concerts, like, and so I thought, like, oh, no, what if something horrific happened and I just went to sleep? <laughs> like, what if I... <laughs> This is so good. Um, this is so good. But a few weeks ago, uh, or like a month ago, I was woken up in my sleep in like a very hurt, not good situation, and I totally handled it. Like I got my phone. I like was able to like be totally coherent. I wasn't sleepy anymore, so <laughs> I was like very like okay. I'm glad I'm here. I can handle this. Definitely pushing into my three wing. Like this is the things that need yeah. to happen. Yeah. Well, like even though the situation was emotional i was like okay da 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 this is like taken care of and like as awful of a thing it could be i in like a um an emergency like i was still the next day like oh i'm glad i was there to help like i'm glad i was the one that handled this yeah you're like a little <laughs> you're like oh this emergency happened but You'd rather be there in it oh, than have not oh been yes. there. Oh, yeah. First oh, of all, yeah. never had that thought, never had that dream, never had that anxiety. <laughs> and I do have, if I imagine something happening, and this is sad, but, but like, I, I care about my, right even before I came here, you know, like, my son Jack 
was having a very unique moment where he was having a potential allergic reaction to some peanuts. Oh, no. It was scary. And honestly, this big of one hasn't happened probably in like six or seven years. Oh, no. And it was like he was like, I feel itchy in my throat. He's like, did I eat something? And we're looking at this like uh, this like packaged pad thai he had purchased at the store. And it like had peanuts. And he's like, oh, Marissa's giving him some medicine. And we're thinking about using the EpiPen. I haven't heard, I haven't seen any text since I left, so I think it's all good. <laughs> but I do am very aware in those moments that I, I am sort of like, my default is, who's taking care of this? Not me. <laughs> oh my God. You know, like it's either Marissa or it's the 911, you know? <laughs> part of it is the actual help of the emergency, but part of it also, I think, like what you were saying, Sydney, is the person turning to you. Oh, the like, feeling of it. And being like, <laughs> I need your help. Being like, I got this. Like, I am the person here to help. Yes. Or like in a setting of like, I don't know, like maybe in an emotional situation or just like yeah. a group setting and someone's like, like turns to me. This is like an idealic situation, which it's not. This is so like good. Please go all person. out on this. But like turning to me, I mean, like. Hey, I like had a really bad day. Like I'm gonna yes. tell you about it, and then I'm gonna like be present with everyone else, and you're going to be the person that knows. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. Or if there's like some gossip that they need to process, like I want them to come to me, like and be the trusted yes! confidant. <laughs> wow. I just want to talk over the options here. <laughs> what should yeah. they do? Now it. it <laughs> I'm trying to offer a contrast. Maisie, you stop me if I'm talking too much. <laughs> but I think the sexual uh, element is like, I do like the intimate sharing, but yeah. like it, to me, it's not necessarily like talk about the gossip, but it's like here for like any, any dark thing you want to reveal. I think oh, that might be a five thing. Yeah. I think that might sexual. be a five or honestly, maybe the four vibe. Yeah. But I do think a two would love to have all the information and to be the person, mm-hmm. the like person you shared their dark yeah. thing True. with. That's yeah. of, of high praise for True. a two. High praise. Yeah. How oh, can yeah. I, if I know their darkness and I can assess their needs? Oh, <laughs> oh that is a good one. See, this is the, if you talk about the Enneagram, I feel like that that sentence oh, in that Sydney. way has not might, it might not have been said that perfectly before. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like the true two thing. Yeah. Um, it's like you're doing research. You're like mining. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. Ah, yes. Now, what, I, now I can do this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they need <laughs> this. And... That's good. Wow. Uh. <laughs> should, should I read... I don't know if we should read more, but I, I like to read. Should I read the three like wisdom definitions they're because shorter? they're shorter? The Beatrice, everybody, if you're looking for resources, the Beatrice Chestnut is the, is the maybe most robust. The complete Enneagram of Beatrice Chestnut, amazing but book. If right you're interested in Enneagram, go get it. Underneath is the wisdom. Wisdom, yes. Yeah. Um, and so maybe because we don't know, maybe we mm-hmm. could just like think through what could be your stackings. Oh, yeah. So, so now we have Sydney as a sexual. Sexual or social, so it is maybe. I think Sydney's self-pressed blind. My initial take is that Katie would be sexual one-to-one blind. Hmm. Interesting. Self-pressed social. Hmm. No, I feel like... Doesn't mean you aren't sexual. No, it doesn't mean that because I think there's a chance I might be... I think so. I think I might be one-to-one blind. Which is a new interesting revelation here, but I think it's true. I think think it might be true. Okay. And I'm social blind. That doesn't mean I can't be social. I'm out in the world, right? Talking to people, and as a person that's grown up being like a pastor, essentially, I can 
look at somebody in a group and say that person's not being talked to. I can read a room. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's not my natural way. Mm-hmm. I have to work very hard to do yep. that. Yep. What does it mean to be okay? Blind yeah. just means that you're working harder. Blind means it's like out of your viewpoint. So it's if you're thinking about like a car, what you focus on. Uh, there's this phrase I forget how the the quote goes, but it's like basically you're focusing on something. And so what your focus of attention is on determines what you miss. Mm. So if your focus of attention is only really on two things, that determines what you're missing and not focusing on. You're not getting a full, complete scan of something. There's a part like a blind spot because you're not thinking through this like other way to survive and act in the world. Mm. So your focus of attention is on two things, your social instinct or your sexual instinct or your self-presence instinct. It's on two of them. And then one of them, it's, considered to be like in a blind spot so you're not focusing on it and it takes conscious work to like bring it forward what if the pride in me thinks that i can do all three i mean <laughs> i mean well of that's course the sin of the two is the is pride, is pride. Yeah. True. <laughs> it truly is i think of course we <laughs> have all. all like it's not you like can. we can do it it's all. not like right, completely right. blind right, it's not right, like right. completely know, blind yeah. but that's just like an analogy for it and i think <laughs> i think it does point to yeah, I don't know. I, I've thought about this, too, because yeah. I'm figuring out my stacking, too, and I don't know mm. which one is necessarily, although... You the, don't know yours? Well, I thought I was sexual social, or social sexual, but I don't know. The more I understand self-pres, yeah. the more that resonates with me, and mm. honestly, the more I understand one-to-one, the more I can see how that is, like, a uncomfortable place for me, and that's my work of, like, going into that. Mm. And, it, so, and I think one of the things I've realized about you is I feel like you and I have a connection. Obviously, you and Katie have a connection. You and Sid have a connection. Mm-hmm. But that that seems to be more very more rare for you. Like, Maybe. that's why I say my initial experience of you is hiding. Yeah. Like, you're, you, don't, um, you don't encounter a one-to-one thing and, like... Right, like, I'm in my workplace, I, haven't, I have not felt the need to find a one-to-one yeah. companion. My initial... And I don't know if Sydney relates to this, but my initial experience with someone is... A, sort of a very aggressive up and down eye contact. Like, are we here? Are you here? Do I, you know? And if the person doesn't give me the energy back, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're not, you're not here. You're not one to one. Yeah. But if somebody <laughs> if, if somebody brings that back to me, I'm like, oh man, we're connecting. All right, here we go. Let's oh, talk. You know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but that's my first instinct. Is and I, like, get, I can get very frightened by that. Yeah. Mm. Very scared by it. Sometimes I have like I one to one energy, and I'm like, I can sense this. It's like this the first happening. year of my knowing <laughs> you was that. Oh, I need to go hide now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but when you feel comfortable with someone, you can connect. Of yes, course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So should I read these? Yeah. Yeah. Let's read. Let's read and get the reactions. Yep. Yep. Love it. All right. <laughs> the first one I'll read is the self press instinct in the two, which is titled entitlement. Fascinating title. Mm. I, I do want to just say, hold it lightly. Oh yes, these, these hold have, everything lightly. These have these have deep deeper meanings than the immediate. Then there are examples. Often yeah. they give yeah. examples that are trying to point to some kind of motivational behavior. Mm-hmm. They're trying to point more to the motivations than mm-hmm. the behavior itself. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it might. Sh- yeah, I'll just read it. Yeah. All right. In the average range, self-pressed twos repress their own self-preservation instincts while focusing on taking care of the needs of others. They are the instinctual variant most likely to wear themselves out for people while ignoring their own needs. 
often failing to get adequate rest or time for themselves. They often enjoy cooking or entertaining, but they may not eat well themselves or allow themselves to enjoy the events they host. Not true. Oh, not true. <laughs> Katie's saying not true. How do you feel? This is self-pressed. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. self-pres, which Katie was thinking yeah. maybe self-pres, which now I'm like, should we get Beatrice into this discussion? Mm. Um, they feel that others owe them for their services as if to say I'm entitled to whatever I need because of how much I've done for everyone else. This does feel a little bit like a, an extra two-y-two. Two. As their anxiety increases, self-pres twos have to find more indirect ways of meeting their needs. At the same time, their self-preservation instincts become distorted by a tendency to repress their feelings and impulses. Self-pres twos feel self-important, taking pride in their sacrifices, and increasingly feeling entitled to indulge themselves in whatever they feel will compensate for their suffering. Demands for special privileges and repayment for their <laughs> sacrifices coexist with overeating and medicating to suppress aggressive feelings. Denials of their problems alternate with complaints. Either I don't need help or nobody notices my needs. They increasingly rely on the emotional manipulation of others, guilt trips to get their me- needs met. This Ooh. is interesting. Okay, this is going to be fun, I think. Okay. Let's, let's just right off the bat compare it to Beatrice. Yeah, which I really think we, we do have the opinion that Beatrice is... Of is a self-press too. Is a self-press too. And in terms of work out there on instincts, Beatrice is maybe like a, a standard mm-hmm. of sorts. Because mm-hmm. okay. this is different. It's different. It's very interesting. Yeah. The, now, what do they call it here? Um, entitlement. entitlement. This one is called privilege. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and self-press too is the counter type to the two. Interesting. So not the two e two. Not the two e two. Not the two e two. So this to me, right off the bat, sounds <laughs> a little bit more Katie like. Okay. But we'll. So I just want to describe for the people who are not in the room with us. It just got very dark. For the people that are not in the room with us, Katie's body language while you read oh. the self press two in that one was like no 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 not really yeah. no no no. Yeah. So could be and similar. And Sydney, here. did you feel similar? No no no. Yeah, no, I was, like, really trying to think hard through it, and I don't mm. think so. Okay. Here comes Beatrice Chestnut. This cute two oh. expresses pride and a need for protection through youthful ways of gaining attention and affection. The unconscious strategy the self-preservation two employs is to, quote-unquote, so big quote here, seduce, like a child in the presence of grown-ups. Hmm. This represents both an unconscious need to be taken care of and a sense that children are naturally lovable, inherently deserving of affection, and usually more readily liked than adults. I know these. I I can sense some people. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. This, too, has a childlike quality in presentation and emotional expression, no matter how old they are. This, too, looks youthful or young. While the sexual, too, can seem overly adult, wild, and seductive in the usual sense of the term, the self-preservation, too, unconsciously aims to attract love and attention through being cute and expressing a childlike sense of need. Cute. Now that one to me s- feels a little bit more Katie-like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even even in just that I like children more than adults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I think I think even watching the way Katie relates to like the kids in the youth group. Everybody yeah. we worked in the same youth group for a while together. Yeah. It's it is this like sort of cute. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. It's like I f- I can picture facial expressions and body yeah. language that feel cute, you know. Whatever that and that's, means. but that's how, because each two type kind of earns their favor in a different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say that's probably the one that is the go-to for me mm. of how I get people to like me or get to know me, how I invite people in. I um, like that she says that. Playful. Like, 
the, 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 it's being playful. The yeah. underlying assumption, which has some truth to it, is mm-hmm. that like children are naturally lovable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, look. Yeah. Who doesn't love sweet, good, yeah. fun, playful vibes that are mm-hmm. here to just support you and be with you? Yeah. And for yeah. people that know what we're talking about, Spinel. Yeah. <laughs> Some people do. Anyone two, out there who sees Steven Universe movie. Don't. Oh. <laughs> Sit out of that feel. Oh, man. I'm like really trying to think through this. I think that I care way too much about being like thought of as competent and responsible. Hmm. So I don't. I. But then when Katie was like, well, I relate to kids. I was like, well, yeah, I definitely relate to kids. And maybe. I would lean into it a little bit more with kids, but in a general setting, I think I'm like trying not to be too silly. Like that's always in my head. Like the the people that I'm really comfortable around, then maybe that's how I'm charming or seducing. But if I'm not comfortable around someone, like I will hide that Hmm. a lot. Like I just, that's, I want to like give you something and like prove to you that I'm competent and responsible, not silly or fun. Interesting. Ooh. I can see that. I wonder if that's some three vibes. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like Katie relates to that too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think like with, especially with newer people, people who are in like work settings. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely like, mm, hold it together here. <laughs> but then I do eventually try to earn their favor by letting them in on a joke or something. Let's let this person in on a joke. Come on, let him in. I feel like, okay, I don't don't even know I should say something because this is the twos episode. (laughs) But I do feel like I can picture this kind of personality in terms of like seeing it in people. And I don't know if, I think this could maybe be in your stacking, but I don't know if it would, I don't see it as being dominant of like a strong energy when I see you. Because I do consider you to, I consider you as like very responsible and not like, so, I don't know. This feels very fantastical and like lost in that space. Although yeah. Beatrice Chestnut had She's a out there very the world being productive respectful very, way yeah. of sounding. Very productive. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This one feels like a hard one for me to hard. understand. Okay, really first hard. of all, and that's th- why it's so hard to name myself as that. Too. I think she wrote probably the most for this because it's her. But yeah, here's another little interesting thing, and I wonder what Katie would think. Okay. <coughs> Although, like other two, self-preservation twos can be very competent. So let's okay. just let's just say that competent. <laughs> we don't need to worry about that. It's, they're competent. On a deeper level, they don't want to have to take responsibility for themselves. The thought of taking charge of themselves fills them with anxiety. They can wonder, "What am I to do with myself?" <laughs> they have an underlying desire to be a child who will be excused for the ignorance, innocence, and feelings they might express on a whim just because. <laughs> the more mature self-preservation twos, however, their need for structure can make them more methodical and more organized than other twos. So I do think that Katie's mature, but uh, I, I do remember listening to the last episode mm-hmm. and that, that topic came up of like this sort of existential dread of going to sleep. Oh and yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, obviously uh, my main thought as I go to bed is what's the meaning of life? Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the main thought. <laughs> and you very aggressively is like, I never have thought. That. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, you still haven't thought it since. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder if that's part of it, though. Yeah. Like, whereas my blind spot could possibly be people in general. Yeah. I'm not too, like, I'm not social yeah. type. Yours might be thinking about, like, the deeper. Not, not, you're a very no. deep person. but like No, no. I, yeah. I get what you're saying in, in that I'm, I've convinced myself that people desperately, like, 
need me and that I have to be here for them. And that's what life is about. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can all learn from each other because I need to think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sid, how do you feel about that? You have you pondered I mean, life? I do, and, yeah. In I the middle of the night. I feel like I kind of could play into that because I do like, like the now that I'm thinking about more, I'm kind of going to go back on what I was just saying. But thinking about, I've made a lot of new friends the last year and like, oh gosh, this is me. <laughs> Let me tell you about my friends. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good. Oh, drag yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, and a few like new, really close friends. And <laughs> stop. Yeah, so good. <laughs> and, um, I do think that, like, oh, like, silly Sid or, like, Sid the kid because it rhymes, but, like, really playing into, like, oh, Sid's, like, so cute and little. And, like, like I definitely can think of a few people yeah. that, like, frame me that way. Yeah. So I must be giving those vibes off in some sense. Yeah. I can I can see it. Very sweet <laughs> energy. Very, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. innocent energy. I, this, I feel like a, a sense of innocence and just, like, here-ness and oh-ness feels like this. But it's hard, too, because <sighs> twos are chameleons and they, like, different people yeah. Like, yeah. are attracted yeah. yep. to different things. And it's easy to fit that mold yes. of, like, yes. how can I become your friend? I need to be more like this. I need to be more silly or I need to be more serious. Like it's easy to, you know, Scott is shaking no, no, his no. head right now. These hard types. They're I can relate no, to this. No, I can relate really to this. Yeah. It's, it's like another way of like subconsciously working to meet someone's needs. So yeah. like if in the past someone's like, oh, Sydney's so silly and cute. And then like they're not having a good day. Then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pull out more jokes or like right. more like <laughs> clever. You'll bring the energy. Know, like, jokes, but like witty things. Right. Like, mm-hmm. oh, right. what's something witty I can say? Or, like so good. Man, people are so complicated. Gosh. <laughs> I'm almost like if something worked in the past, it's like I'm not gonna do it or something. You know? It's so <laughs> weird. We're all so oh weird. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> <laughs> gonna throw people off their game? No, I think there's a fear that person would want to spend more time with me. Oh yeah. So I'm like, oh, that went oh, too far. Yes, that person got yes. too excited. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Because they want to spend more time with no. me? No, 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 no. Otherwise, no. I just invested into what? Well, I don't know the interaction itself, but like I do, like some of my most anxious moments are like trying to be at a party, so I'm trying to survive the party, and then I'm trying to also be friendly, and somebody either says, "Oh, let's exchange numbers," I'm like, "Crap, I did too much. Like I was too charming, you know." Or somebody's like, "Let's get the calendar out and plan." a next thing. And I'm like, gosh, the calendar. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, and I've told Marissa, like there's been couples that have come to our house and say, as they're at the door, let's get the calendar out. And I'm like, that's the biggest buzzkill. The calendar out, another <laughs> oh, plan, getting together God. again. Not Which, interesting. And if somebody was at your house and said, let's get the calendar out for next time, how are you responding? I'm like, we better set a date or you're playing with my emotions here. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <No>. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You better like the me on. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, my favorite plans are the ones that I know will happen either weekly or like once a month. Yes. Like, no. no one is going to happen. No, 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 no. I feel no. in between these two. I know, you really do. I know you really do. You're so go with the flow, too. You're like, 
people? Sure. Yeah. By myself? Sure. <laughs> That's you true. Know, you're, yeah, it seems very nice. I know you have your own <laughs> issues, but it seems nice. <laughs> I do have my own issues. Yeah. <laughs> okay, should we read about the sexual yeah. type? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should, or the, should it be Beatrice? We just... No. No, I like the contrast between I only read that because I thought it'd be better. Okay, but that. I also, I'm going to think probably the sexual Beatrice one's better, but I don't know. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Let's this see one is called... Let's see how Sid responds. Yeah. Okay, this one is called... The thing also, y'all, this is all just describing twos right. with these instincts. So Keep that in mind. there's always going yeah. to be elements that are relatable because mm-hmm. it's just twos here. Mm-hmm. This one is called Everyone's Friend. Mm-hmm. Which this mm-hmm. this feels maybe this is the two we two. Who knows? <laughs> Sounds like <it>. self pres <laughs> is a counter. I think thing. it is. Yeah. Because when I was reading about sex or self pres, um, they were saying that that sexual is part of being a two in general. Mm-hmm. This and is so social. It's, it's easy to get oh, yeah. confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being social. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here yep, we are. Yep, yep. You're right. In the average range, the social instinct expresses itself in twos as a powerful desire to be liked and approved by everyone in their social spheres. They, like sevens, usually maintain a busy social calendar and enjoy introducing people, Mm. networking, and hosting get-togethers. Others are amazed that they seem to be on the first-name basis of almost everyone. They like being the hub, the center of the social arena. Social twos have a strong need to be... Notice to be remembered by people can't I'm, be forgotten. I'm taking a, 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 oh shoot, I wanted to get a freeze. <laughs> and are that driven face. by uh, fears of being left out or overlooked. As their need for love and attention increases, they start to seek validation through popularity or by having closer contact with people who are successful or especially valued <laughs> in their group. Social twos may well may well have ambitions of their own, but these are more unconscious and uh, indirect. Thus, they often maneuver to become the indispensable supporters of those they see as successful. You scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. Mm. (laughs) Uh, If they are insecure about their social desirability, they may cultivate talents to enhance their value and have more to offer. For example, being psychic. They attempt to Mm. impress people by dispensing advice, be it spiritual, financial, or medical, but also by name dropping the latter often gets them into trouble because their desire to let others know that they are friends with important people often leads them to be indiscreet and reveal confidences Ooh, lower average twos can also create a frustration for their significant others because they tend to scatter themselves among a wide range of social contacts while not giving much real attention to any one of them. They may pursue anyone who offers even a hint of approval and attention. That might be where potentially the sexual trumps the social for Sydney, but that's social. What do you think, Sydney? Because I do feel like you have Sydney's undivided I just, I relate to all of them. I don't know how this is possible. (laughs) Well, you're too. I guess it's just, yeah, I mean, yeah, if anything, it's just really confirming I'm a two, definitely a two. (laughs) So, do you relate more to self-pres or social? Uh, uh, yes, but more so social. Yeah. I feel like the thing I see in you as a social is like being the like people's ultimate fan. Like you go alongside yeah. other people's things and like give energy to like your friends' projects and people's projects, and are yeah. like want to be known as like I'm with them and I'm their supporter. Oh, I want to be everyone's number one fan. Number one fan. Katie wants to, too. I'm saying it right now on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What do you think, Katie? Did the social stuff stand out to you? The first name basis. The first name basis with people, like, for sure. And, like, every place you go, you want to, like, 
make that connection with everybody and have them remember you. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah. mm-hmm. that's what stood out to me there. Yeah. I can see that in Katie. Yeah. Yep. It's hard. They all sound so relatable. I do think about just the energy of surveying a room when you walk into a room. Uh, so yeah, it seems like a social is assessing the big picture. Yeah. The Always. Context. Everything that's going on, all the needs, all the social hierarchies. Mm-hmm. Um, Very aware of big, s- the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Wholesome? Wholesome. Wholesome. <laughs> Whole, everybody. Uh, I mean, do you guys, maybe as twos, and I'm trying to, I'm really trying to start to try to teach myself to think this way. Like if you think about that two energy being channeled through the social variant. hmm it's maybe a, fu- a social five, as, as I've heard about social fives, are really assessing the, 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 the knowledge holders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they're looking in the room like, who's the smartest? Who has the most knowledge? Who's the most powerful? How can I make sure I mm-hmm. position myself to hear from them, align myself so that they value me? It seems like a two would take that social energy and say... Um, where are the where are the biggest needs in this room, you mm-hmm. know, and and sort of have a superpower of like assessing the needs in the room, you know. Do you guys relate to that? Yeah, but even more so, the the needs in the room comes down for me to the person who, like, is either being left out or needs to like have. Yeah. a certain conversation. So I go there. I don't address often the whole room. Mm-hmm. I go to the individual. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I think I'm probably that stacked differently. <laughs> yeah, sexual. I think this yeah. one's interesting. This is the one, like, I feel like it's more of, like, enjoys introducing people. Like, this social variant seems to be, like, wants to be the one that is seen by everyone and noticed by everyone, and everybody has, like, a point of connection with them and wants to be in a room and have something with everyone. They mm-hmm. care about mm-hmm. all the individuals. Mm-hmm. Sydney's nodding her head aggressively at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm thinking I would want to, like, introduce a bunch of people to each other. So then it's like, oh, Sydney, like, introduced us. But I wouldn't necessarily want to be stuck just talking to one person because mm-hmm. then I'm losing time, like, to connect with more people. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so maybe so maybe maybe, maybe Sydney's social first, you know. Well, well, should I Here we go. shall yeah. I read the second Here we go. No. Here we go. Here we go. This one is called Craven. No, here I'm gonna resonate. We already know I'm gonna resonate. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney would resonate with anything we read about any Enneagram. <laughs> what is your need? What do you need me to be? <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, craving intimacy. In the average reign, sexual choose are the true intimacy junkies of the Enneagram. Whoa. Oh, boy. Yeah, that resonates. Already got me. me. Uh, They are driven to get closer (laughs) to others, both emotionally and physically. Sexual twos like to win over people who are attractive to them, especially if these people present as a challenge or seem initially uninterested. (laughs) If social twos want to be... Oh, if social twos... I'm going to reread. If social twos want to be everybody's friend, sexual twos want to be one person's best friend. They focus on a few individuals and like to th- see themselves as a friend's number one intimate. Sydney is having the biggest reaction to this. Very big reactions. So. <laughs> this one may be resonating. <laughs> 
Um, if social twos, oh wait, uh, here we go. Sexual twos enjoy private time with the other, sharing secrets and talking about the relationship. They like to learn about whatever subjects are valued by their partner and they may even do research into them in order to be closer. <laughs> wow, I've been listening to Sinatra recordings uh, for the 40s too. <laughs> That's the example. This is so good. This is so good so because... Real. Missy and Sydney are dating, and so this is a, a different energy to have in this recording. I'm literally reading this. Here we are. Um, oh, wow. I'll read one more paragraph, and then we can have responses. Okay. The word seductive has often been associated with twos in general, but it would most likely appeal to the sexual two. All nine types can be seductive in their way. Sexual twos seduce primarily by giving the other lots of attention. They offer to talk about the other's problems in order to draw them closer. Ooh. Here we are. Overt sexual activity can also be a part of the picture, though it is not always a conscious. Should we end it there, or should I keep going? Sydney, we've got a lot. We've got a lot. <laughs> Sid, <laughs> what are your what are your hot takes uh, on that one, Sydney? The reaction is so big, I don't even know. Oh, poor connection. We can oh, hear you. So we, can we can hear you. you. We can hear you. Can you hear us? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to think of, like, if I could it's just like think she, of... It's like she just got done spinning around in circles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, Ooh. yes. Well, yeah, yeah. I think it maybe <laughs> would have been such a big reaction if Scott was reading it, because, but because Macy was the one yeah. reading it, I was like, True. oh, oh, yeah. oh. It, wow, that's a big it mood. Was call, it was, it felt very resonating. Yeah. For how I experience you. Oh, Sydney's she's frozen. So frozen. Sid is, is frozen. I'm gonna try to take a picture of this because it's a great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. Oh, oh she is. That's a good picture too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is there a hyper focus on a significant other, Sydney? Frozen. <laughs> frozen. Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> if you change the alignment of the screen, that might help our connection. Okay, I got it to 57, so here we go. Okay. We're going to try the good chair again. Okay, we're back at the good chair. (laughs) I hyper-focus on seducing the significant other. Yes. Yes or no? Check. (laughs) I mean, in terms of Sid and I's relationship, it literally named it. (laughs) Sexual twos like to win over people who are attracted to them, especially if these people present a challenge or seem initially uninterested. That is our entire situation. (laughs) (laughs) That is our entire situation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Seduced by the two. Sydney's having big (laughs) thoughts and feelings about this one. Now, Katie... Do you feel, in terms of the stacking, is there any of those three that you feel is third in your mind? I'm so, I don't know. There now I'm like leaning even more towards the other ones than I'm pretty sure I'm self preservation. But okay, also like the one like I was saying, I've always had like one like really close friend. When I'm at an event, I like to have a buddy with me. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yeah, honestly, as I as I listened to these, my initial fresh take on Katie, personally, is social blind. Yeah, I might be, which is a crazy thing to say because yeah. I'm we social have, blind. It's twos. It doesn't mean we can't be social. Scott <laughs> defending the uh, social you know what blind. I'm saying? I know that's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, which is funny because I work with like groups of students. You yeah, know, but I do, I do, I do, I I would say this for Katie, for and for me probably too, but like. 
Um, there is a sense, and maybe this is a better way to describe it. It's not, it's not blind. It's almost like not caring. Mm. If, you're being, if you're being overly silly or overly cutesy mm-hmm. or overly sexual in terms of these variants, and people are like, what? That's weird. You're like, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. And oh, I, think that's I got bigger things to do. Yeah, There's yeah. a one-on-one connection yeah. I got going mm-hmm. over yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it, I think. That's exactly I think it, right. I think. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> huh. Huh. Yeah. That makes sense. Whereas I see this energy from Macy in particular of like, I've got to be respected by this group, this institution, these people. I've got to make sure I position myself. And I'm like, that is a, a, a range of thoughts and considerations that I don't think about. I'm like always in terms of a gathering, even if I'm having good one-to-one with someone, I'm always looking around and thinking about how is everybody else doing? What are they have? What's happening? Between and that's them? an amazing, I mean, all these things are amazing. <laughs> and that's a nice thing to have, you know? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's nice to have someone considering the group. The group. The vibe. The whole vibe. I care about the vibe. So would you say, Sydney, you're sexual social? Yeah. And you I think, think you're so. self-pres sexual? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Yeah. I can see both Wait, of these things. Sydney's was sexual, sexual social. Okay. Should I now also, then read Sydney the now ocean? has a white claw, which is great. <laughs> All of that energy. <laughs> 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 what flavor is it, Sydney? We're, we're mango. Here. The mango. Best one. The mango white claw. Um, we've read a lot, so maybe I shouldn't. Go for it. Okay. It's our podcast. We love I love to read. <laughs> we love to read. <laughs> this is a podcast for people that like to have things read to them. If you don't like it, don't listen to this podcast. Um, okay. <laughs> uh okay, so so Sydney is sexual social. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Katie, we would say self pres sexual. Yeah. And I'm yep. Macy, we would say social self pres. Maybe. Maybe. Yep. And Scott would be sexual self pres. Mm-hmm. We all have different stackings in yeah. this room. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. That's kind of impressive. It's interesting and different. Mm-hmm. We don't even need to talk about our numbers. We could sit here and talk about our stackings, and that would be enough information. <laughs> that is so interesting. For yeah. hours and hours. Yeah. Somebody wants to go play volleyball, somebody wants to go to a movie. Somebody wants to play Yahtzee. I want to talk about <laughs> Enneagram stackings for, for five hours. <laughs> Somebody wants to play Yahtzee. Okay. Somebody wants to go bowling. Okay. Yeah. No. Nope. Um, oh. I'm going to read. I'm going to read the sec- self-pres sexual. So this comes from a blog that is called OceanMoonshine9.wordpress.com. It's it's a very, very valuable website. It's a very valuable source out there. It has a lot of like, I would say, a Chazo-leaning teachings Mm -hmm. in way of approaching the Enneagram. And a Chazo is a questionable soul, maybe a cult leader. So listen to our history of the Enneagram. He might be a cult leader. Um, But important in terms of the history of the Enneagram's understanding. It's interesting. Okay. I'm going to read self-press sexual. Um, Though, so this website does all the stackings, and that's a part of their website. So you can check them all out. Self-press sexual. This subtype is more assertive than the self-press social subtype in giving and getting love. On the high side, they are more connected to the people closest to them and not as concerned about others. When the social instinct is last, it helps dampen some of the image issues that surface when the, subsite, when the subtype is out of balance. On the downside, they can make a lot of demands of their loved ones. Their world is usually wrapped around their family. Feels true for you. On the high side, this type can be the glue that holds people together. But on the downside, manipulation can enter into the picture when things aren't going as the twos would like. 
When their attempts to give love don't get appreciated, the two will most certainly let others know, usually in the form of a guilt trip. How, how do you, what, what is your relationship like with guilt trips, you guys? Uh, guilt trip is probably more subconscious, um, like passive aggressive. So it's not like I'm going to like blatantly like tell someone how awful they're going to be. I'm just going to like, maybe not even intentionally, but just like show how much like I could have used their help or like something like that. Yeah. What, what was the stacking in that you just read? I just read Katie's potential stacking. Yeah. Self-pres sexual. Self-pres sexual. Yeah. I think that the things that stood out to me are they're, they're more connected to the people closest to them and not yeah. as much concerned about others as yeah. well as being uh, wrapped around their family structure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's, that's, that's Katie for sure, yeah. I think. Yeah, the, definitely the people who are closest, especially at this point in my life, for sure. And then, yeah, I think my guilt trips are a lot of times of me, like, I just picture like me throwing my hands up in the air and being like, "Fine, I'm you done. know, and yeah, like, like I I've, I've put it all out there, folks. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. sorry you didn't appreciate oh. me." <laughs> that resonated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Man, it's so interesting. <laughs> I, I'm just saying this to compare and contrast, and I, yeah, you know, I feel I just feel maybe because I feel like so different than two. Twos and fives mm-hmm. are like. Oil and vinegar. Yeah, it seems like so oil and water. Maybe I don't know how to I say know it. But the like, price. Yeah, I would never want to think that I would get myself into a position where there would be the need for a guilt trip. Hmm. And again, that's problematic in and yeah. of itself. But like, I haven't helped you enough to the point where I would need to guilt trip you because I only do oh. things that I want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's a, just it just sounds so weird to say it out loud, but like that's one of the fun things I think about the podcast and reflecting on mm-hmm. these things is hearing people own it. Yeah. And it's cringy as it sounds saying, "Yeah, that is what I do." Yeah. You know. And other people and other people to be like, "Wait, I don't do that thing." Yeah. But then right. they're doing something else that's just as cringy. Cuz I honestly would love to keep shooting for a more self-sacrificial zone. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, that is your work. Because this person needs it. Yeah. Do you want to do it? Not really, but I want to help. I I rarely think that way. (laughs) (laughs) If ever. (laughs) Okay, I want to know if this is a two thing or a human thing or maybe something (laughs) else. Or a Sydney thing. (laughs) Yeah, or a Sydney thing. But I have like either a list of people or just when I'm talking to someone, maybe it like sometimes crosses my mind of like, thinking would this person could this person be someone that I could go to an emergency Mm. and I think that's when I would go to the guilt trip if it if someone that I had put on that list and like trusted whether or not we had like a verbal agreement I just Sydney was like oh yeah I could call them an emergency if they didn't come through in that setting then I would like probably have a guilt trip probably Mm. do a guilt trip I think my my response to that is my understanding of it too is that there's a relationship that leads up to that moment where it's like I've cultivated this trust and these set of expectations with you. So I've that, done so many things. Yeah. So when the I've... moment comes, but like, you know, do you have like go to people in your head that you are like needing to know that they would help you in an emergency situation? I'm shaking. Or my... maybe not even emergency. Just like 
I mean, that's a sad blind spot for me is I think my ultimate belief is that I can't trust anybody, which is a sad thought. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I would not be surprised if anybody's not going to be there for me, which is sad. It might be a two (laughs) thing because the more I hear you talk about that, the more... (laughs) Sorry. Oh, my God. We're going to laugh about that sadness. (laughs) (laughs) The more I think of like... I do have those people in my head, but also I don't know if I, like, when I am in, like, an emotional crisis, I would actually, like, call and let them in on that, you know? like See, I, I definitely do that. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe I no, have those expectations, true. but I, like, don't quite trust myself enough to, like... Not that I don't even trust them. I think this might be the social thing. Like Sid, you have a high social energy. You do care, I think, probably in comparison to Katie, Mm -hmm. more about your greater, like, the way people see you, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And whatever uh, was just read about um, caring more about, like, a select few people, I think that I have more, and I think we talked about this earlier, Mm -hmm. like, a community, I definitely care about the community. Hmm. Yeah. Like, Hmm. I care about meeting the needs of the people I don't know. I care about meeting the need of the lady at the grocery store that, like, can't hmm. find the item. No, like, no, 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 no. I want to no, be no, that no. person. No, no, no. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is, like, the second or third time I've talked about the grocery store. The grocery the store. <laughs> I, I mean, I... I don't even want to see people I know at oh, the grocery store. Oh, I don't. Store. Oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily see people I I know. I'm. I don't really want to do, do want small chat. I want to help people. No, no. <laughs> don't, I want any interaction. <laughs> I picture Sydney just walking around looking for people who need <laughs> like to lost. find the detergent. The, the possibilities <laughs> like, maybe, are endless. Yeah. I mean, when they did the extroverted episode, I was talking about how like when I needed more, uh, like people in my life i just go to the grocery store oh, just for like one item store. i do that too though <laughs> no but the poss- when i go on walks i walk through areas that i know lots of people are gonna be in yes i feel like yes. i'm not by myself <laughs> yes marissa my wife said that to me when we dropped our kids off at youth group one night i was like instantly in the mood of like we go home now we drive home we drove mm-hmm. and marissa goes after being married for like 17 years Let's just walk up and down the app and see who we run into. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what? And it was this weird moment where she was like, well, that's what I want to do. And I was like, I, you know, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And I'm actually going to go home now. And Marissa was like, well, I am going to walk up and down the app. Good for Marissa, by the way. (laughs) And I went home, came back and picked up my kid and Marissa and, and she indeed ha- she indeed had run into several people and had stories. I was like, glad I didn't do that. <laughs> she indeed did. <laughs> that sounds so fun. Yeah. yeah so fun. Oh. I don't want to run in, in, into anybody spontaneously. That's a terrible situation for me. Uh, there's That's a very select few where I would be okay. Yeah. Salt press. Yeah. That might be a Seattle thing. Could be a Seattle thing. (laughs) Is it a a human thing? Is it a Seattle thing? Is it a variance thing? (laughs) Wait, I just said that I liked it. I am not in Seattle. Yeah. (laughs) Is it a orange veil thing? Okay, should I read the sexual social subtype at this point? Is this this Sydney theoretically? This is Sydney theoretically. Everybody, if you're listening to this episode, we have a, a person on our podcast. 
Named Sydney, and this may be her. <laughs> okay. Sexual social. This subtype shares most of the same issues with the sex or the sexual self-pres subtype. Hmm. So we didn't read that. The flirtatiousness, the jealousy, and the intense focus on others. Mm. They differ in that they give their attention to more people. Mm. They actually have a softer presentation than the fiery, intense sexual self-pres. This subtype has a lot of charisma. Mm -hmm. On the high side, they can be a role model for acceptance and caring. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their love can spread to all of humanity. The downside can be similar to that of the sex Sexual self-pres, but the secondary social instinct brings the issue of pride more into focus as well. The sexual social, like the social sexual, tend to consider their presence to be their gift. They can be wonderful friends just like the social sexual, the difference being that their relationships are taken more seriously once they've moved beyond the early stages. They may not work as hard in those early stages as the social sexual will, but at some point when the relationship becomes more intimate, intimate, the sexual variant issues get triggered. When the social sexual with the social sexual, the issues and dysfunction are more apparent before the intimacy even begins. She could be social sexual. Maybe. I don't know. This felt... Did what that do you feel think? real? Yeah. I mean, I read this earlier today, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I feel like this is the first time we've really talked about jealousy, and I'm, I'm definitely a jealous person. It's like my least favorite... Thing about myself. Dang, I love the honesty. I'm yeah. Love the I'm also a j- jealous, envious would probably be a better word, but mm. yeah, envious is a better word for me too. Mm. Mm. Ah, yes, it all manifests differently for all of us, probably. Yeah, we can have a whole episode on jealousy. Write down <gasps> the notes. We could have an episode <laughs> on jealousy. That would be interesting. It really would. Yeah, yeah, that would be. How does it play out for you, Sydney? How jealousy. Um, with loved ones, with people. Oh, gosh. <laughs> with your Enneagram type. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like something just really went over my head, but that's fine. No, um, I'm just laughing at Scott's <laughs> the way he asked the question. <laughs> jealousy of like, I don't even, maybe jealousy isn't an all-encompassing word enough, but like, uh, not being invited to something or if someone like oh gosh man it's so easy to just go really dark really fast but like if someone is noticing something (laughs) else and someone that i think i have the same trait oh and that's being acknowledged in someone else i get really jealous like why why am i not being called loving why am i not like being recognized for this like why can this person only see other people doing this and not me? That's probably the most highest level of jealousy for me. Yeah. Why am I not being recognized uh, and someone else's? This mm. person has a really amazing Instagram account where they do paint pouring. And, oh, shut uh, up. And, and they highlight their yeah. friends' Instagram accounts. <laughs> Sydney, did you see this? This person does paint pouring. I honestly, as much as lots of people want to show me paper art, so it's funny that you're joking about that. I think it would be less literal things and more like if someone like loving or uh, kind or giving. Oh, don't come tell me that someone's more giving than me. Wow. <laughs> oh man, we get real some. We get some real juice on these podcasts. That's the juice right there. I know. I somehow I just clicked into being like very sassy. Now. I love it. I love it. 
Yeah, we all have our thing, I guess. For Probably. me, for me, it's when Please. someone is like, like being teased for something about like being silly, and and or or they're just like taking the butt of the like the joke of the group, and it's like. Well, I'm over here being like funny too. <laughs> 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 like, come on, guys! I've got my own shtick happening. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see this. Oh, that's that interesting. Work for me, but it works for them. Like, yeah, like, yeah. That type of humor works for them. Doesn't work for me. <laughs> it's needing that. Like, every, the jealousy thing is interesting because it's needing people to see you. Yeah. This is it's the about, twos thing of not being, being forgotten yeah, and yeah. being seen. Oh. Oh, please don't forget me. <laughs> Do you have something that you feel like if somebody gets acknowledged for something that you think is a forte of yours? Um, I'm talking to Macy. Everybody. No, I think I get this is probably real shit. I get like real superior vibes of like mm-hmm. they don't see. I know. I know that I might <laughs> be better at this and they can't see. And I'm like, I hold that in myself as like a probably a point of pride i can of course have other things but i don't like like not getting invited to things it rarely stirs up jealousy in me Hmm. and like not being included or not like i don't i don't need very i don't know yeah i don't know that doesn't bring up something in me but i can I think envy does feel like a better word for me because it's more of like longing for like a life or a way or a thing that somebody else has. Mm. That feels more thing. That's like what I would get jealous about, but I'm not like looking for attention. Like it's not an attention thing. It's more Mm -hmm. of a me wrapped in my own singular longing for something else. I, I relate to this idea of like superior vibes. Like if I was in a room and somebody was like, oh, here's this person over here. They know about the Enneagram. Tell us about the area. And I'm sitting in the corner and being like, all right, let's hear it. Yeah. And then they start talking. I'm like, oh, great, everybody. Have fun with this information. Oh. You know, that might be how I respond to you. Cause yeah. you can, at that point, I'm not going to be like, Hey, you guys actually, I'd like to tell you about <laughs> Gurchev. Although maybe I would. <laughs> oh, Gershaw. this is a sidebar. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, wow. I'm like, no one's teasing me right now. No like, one's teasing me. I want to be. I want to be teased. Teasing really the thing? It's attention. <laughs> yeah, it's attention. That's a kid thing. Yeah, that is. No, I do not want to be teased. Like maybe like one or two jokes, and then I'm like, okay, tell me something nice about me. <laughs> Remind me that you love me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, Sid, yeah, you don't like to have like a joke made about you. No. No. That's that that hits a spot. <laughs> that's an interesting thing too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you'd probably be like, I like that attention. everybody else is like bonding over something. Yeah. Like, oh it's no, like, that's you get like very I'm defensive. Fragile. Yeah. I'm very fragile. Yeah. I think this I think this I think that's just that little bit highlights something. Me too. These two theoretically are yeah. both two wing threes, and yeah. yet you have different variants. Right. Yeah. And also human, also not just your number, but also um, have a different relationship with the concept of teasing. (laughs) There, we just solved that, everybody. There it is, (laughs) folks. Do you want to come back and just do final thoughts? Oh, yeah, okay. So this is my thought about us coming back. Please, please. We could come back. We could have some minor... Scott's in the hallway doing some stretches and some (laughs) physical therapy. He's ready to go. Minor, okay, this is... Speaking of that, thinking of this, oh, he... We could... uh, do a quick minor like yoga 
Yeah, I would love to talk about that. Could yoga. be our wrapping up thoughts because both, both of them are it's conspicuous. Both are very into yoga. Wow. So a tiny thing about that and maybe what it's meant for you mm-hmm. in like your personal journey, and then that could be it. Or you could give some minor just words of encouragement for the other twos out there if you wanted to. Yeah. Because I think that's always a sweet thing. Willing. Yeah. Is it time to go? No, no, we can Willing. talk about yoga. yoga Scott Strong needs to wait for a few minutes. We'll have a quick a quick closing thing when we come back. When we come back, we're gonna close up everybody. Here here we go. When we come back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Sid, are we ready to do this? This is the conclusion, everybody. We got some Enneagram 2s in the house. Uh, We're going to wrap it up here for you all. Again, it almost feels like a tease. Mm -hmm. We've brought up some topics. We've heard some reflections. Some some fire things have been said on both ends (laughs) that I wish we could have just paused and created a whole episode based on that thought. (laughs) You know, but we're not. So... There you are, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) We're teasing you. (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing. Both Sid and Katie, yoga is a large part of your lives. And I'm curious what yoga has meant for you and maybe why it is. And I wonder if there's a connection or maybe ways you you approach yoga. I don't know. Who's better at yoga? That's <laughs> <laughs> actually the opposite of what yoga is, right? Not what yeah, it's about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who wants to go? It started as just exercise for me. And then it was Sydney, I don't know if this is the case for you, but it was <laughs> a way it was a way to be like have a moment of like an hour of clear thoughts. Mm-hmm. And alone time, but in a room full of people. Like, do you relate to yes. that? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm not actually alone. I'm not actually needing to like lock myself in a room by myself. But but that it's an hour of like breathing and focus and like feeding off the energy of others that <laughs> contributing to my own. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it is for me. And it's been it's been it's turned into a lot of other things. It's been something that I have like relied on to almost like an unhealthy extent of like, I don't know how else to receive this, like, like rebuilding of energy and brain capacity. Hmm. But yeah, it kind of ebbs and flows with, with what season of life I'm going through, but it's been really helpful. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That was so good. I very (laughs) much agree. Uh, we touched on this earlier, but I, so I started doing hot yoga in 2013 and then, uh, a year or so after that was when I was at my most anxious state Mm -hmm. and when I like didn't feel like I could go to yoga because I couldn't turn my phone off for an hour in case someone needed me. So that was Mm -hmm. like the low, low point. Um, so now being able, uh, especially like in the last few months, I've added an extra challenge of, um, if I carpool to yoga, leaving my phone at home. So that's like extra time to take for myself. So that's just like a whole thing surrounding yoga, but I definitely agree 
with what you said about energy being in the room, because sometimes like I, my needs aren't being met if I'm a hundred percent low alone, especially if I'm in a vulnerable state, because then I'll just fall asleep and then I'm not processing things anyway. So I, I know I'm talking about sleep a lot, but I mean, it's like one of the biggest battles that I've uh, fought. So yoga is this place that I can go and connect to others and not like necessarily meet anyone else's need, but also be a part of a community and an energy. And now in the last few months, there's like, I think three, four, like four different types of yoga that I do on a monthly basis are like all very different and have different energies and vibes. Totally. And means so much to me. Totally. Yeah. Have you both of you found community through yoga? Yeah. Yeah. Have you, Sydney? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did for years. I like would just go and kind of recognize people. But then in 2017, I don't know, like two years ago, I did a 30 day challenge and then I met a ton of people. And then I recently oh. just did another one. Um, Wait, what's to go to? Wait, what? Do what studio do you go to? Well, I'm in Sacramento. No, is it a corporate studio though? No, no, okay. no. Because they do thirty no, day it's, challenges. It's a they chain in Sacramento. One. It's gotcha. called Zuda. Ooh, ooh, fancy. But <laughs> and now I'm thinking, because um, when I just said that, I have like three different studios. Like I have one that's my studio, but then I have one other one that I go to on Saturdays, and then I just go <laughs> and I go to the one at someone's house <laughs> once a week. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Here for all Do you all have multiple studios, Katie? Not for yoga. Yeah. One? One for, well, well, there's different locations. It's like, <laughs> there's my favorite different teachers at different locations, too. I'd say that the teachers are the biggest part of my community, other than, like, friends yeah. that I either meet there or, like, Scott will come with me or my sister will come with me or my yeah. mom or someone. Yeah, it's a bonding thing. Yeah, for sure. It's my favorite when I know someone in the class. It's like, mm-hmm. it's because it's still, it's still time by myself technically, but also like my favorite people are there too. Yeah. And like, there's no um, way to like actually explain an experience you have in yoga. And so I feel like this like sense of like extreme bonding when mm-hmm. You were both like, oh, like we did, like last night I was in a yin class that was seven people and the teacher must have really felt this vibe too because Steph was just going on and on about like these seven people and we're not using our phones and we're bonding and I was like, yes, yes, (laughs) this community (laughs) Yes. And then after that, three of us went grocery shopping. So then I was really what? Cool. What? No, the best. No, never. Oh my it will goodness. never happen. It will never happen. The best. Okay, so we're now really truly wrapping up. I wrapping think. Up. Um, we like to sometimes do like some words of encouragement or advice or words to twos, like a two to twos vibes. Twos to twos. Yes. 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 And one thing, uh, uh, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, one question I have for Katie is, and and it's in that same spirit Mm -hmm. between last year and now, how do you feel like you've understood yourself as a two better, differently, 
how how how's that change grown? I mean, maybe a better question as a human. Yeah, I think the more conversations you have about it, the more you realize things about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And so, actually, deciding to do something about it um, and push back against, I don't know some of the things that you're talking about that you don't like about either your habits or not liking. So that's, that's what I've been doing. And that I've been trying to focus a lot on like personal goals. Um, and that's mm. been my biggest change for the past year is like I did a triathlon this summer. That was a lot of time that I had to spend preparing like for something for myself. And I like resented that time a lot <gasps> and we get really frustrated about that time a lot because mm. I had to actually set aside big chunks to train and that was really annoying. Because <laughs> um, then I wasn't, av- I wasn't available, and I did it, and it was like Woo! it was like the best. And I did it like alongside my sister, mm-hmm. and and but she was training by her like on her own too. Mm-hmm. So, but but like setting goals, and like I got a new job recently that like it are all the things I'm passionate about, and and um that was huge for me and I got married and live alongside someone who's super different than me and calls out a lot of those differences and hmm. um, just being uncomfortable and trying to push back against some of the comfortable habits that I got in. I think that's, that's it. And it's like, of course now there's new things, right? <laughs> to work on. Yeah. But setting goals for me was huge. Like personal goals, mm-hmm. not, not goals for like relationships with other people, but, or not goals even, I don't know, to do to, with, I don't know. Yeah, Focus goals for myself. people. <laughs> yeah, goal, goals for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes and, a lot of sense. And, like, being a three-wing, of course, is helpful with that because then I actually want to accomplish. You know, once you say something out loud that you have a goal, then it's like, well, got to accomplish. Yeah, this crew right <laughs> here in this room all has some access to some threeness. Got yeah, it's a we little got little it. intimidating, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I think it's, it makes sense to be intimidated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I really have some goals of doing this. Some yeah. power. Sid... I guess, uh, how, how would I phrase that question for Sid? It's not like a year in review, but like... What I have mean, you been working on? I don't know. Yeah, how, 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 I guess I would say how is, how is just in the last few weeks some sort of knowledge about being a two been helpful for you? So what Katie was just saying about having like personal goals that are just for you, and I think this was before I knew I was a two, so like probably actually starting in January, I just like got some awareness that I needed to like focus on myself. And it's nice because there's a paper right next to me right now. So I was able to glance at it, but I wrote out this whole list of like, um, this sounds so weird spoken out loud, but like solo date ideas. So like things that like I would do for myself to meet my own needs. Um, So, like, uh, I made a big reaction to this earlier, but I love bowling, and people don't love going bowling. So, like, it's okay for me to just go bowling. Like, I can meet that need for myself (laughs) and still, like, really enjoy it. Going on walks alone. (laughs) Can't make this up. Spending less time on my phone. uh, Or just, like, if there is something that I want to read, just putting my phone on airplane. So, like, I'm doing what I want and not just constantly being available to people. Hmm. have been big, big things. Yeah. And so finding good. out what I enjoy doing without the influence of someone else. Oof. Oof. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Woo. Big thoughts. Will we end this episode with the two song? Ooh, we could. Or yeah. we could end it with some kind of <laughs> and like something Spinel. different. And not, oh, oh. Someday. Someday. No, no, no. Oh, oh, it's just a song. Just, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. We can think about That'd it. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Scott and I are secretly wanting Spinel to be also. I wish we in could interview Spinel. <laughs> saying the name is a spoiler oh, folks. Oh, 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 guys. If we could interview Spinel, holy <laughs> Could cow, you imagine Spinel walking in? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a, a, a huge like accomplishment getting Spinel in the room. Oh, we landed Spinel this interview this week, everybody. <laughs> what are we talking about? I, I don't know. I, I'd say for my own for my own oh, mind. Are you going to give advice to twos? <laughs> oh Anaphrom- anaphrationism God. advice. I'm, I'm, I'm going off the top of my head here. The dome. The ho- top of the dome. I would say thank you to twos for teaching me and, and setting the right um, bar, the, the right tone for me personally. Hmm. Like, it, I, I do know that I'm supposed to theoretically be going to eight in health, but I honestly feel like personally if I were to choose... The place I was supposed to be going to in health would probably be too. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know what that means. Um, I, I, it's interesting that my wife and my kids experience me as eight-like oftentimes, hmm. and they don't like that. Hmm. So I, I, I don't know. Like for me to to live a life that is actually genuinely others-focused and other-centric seems like a good task for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I guess I would just affirm that twos are so inspirational in that sense. Yeah. But I, but I would say for twos, maybe as somebody as a five who whose gift is emotional non-attachment, as Chris Hewitt says, mm-hmm. not unattached, non-attached. I think there is a good long-form <laughs> clarifying thought about the difference between those two things, but. Um, How would I say this in a way that'd be encouraging? Um, it's okay to be selfish. Some people are out here living their whole lives. <laughs> being not, selfish. You're saying more bluntly than I <laughs> would have said. I, I guess I would say this is almost a parental thing. It's coming as a five and a parent. People will be okay. People will be okay. But will they? They will. They will. <laughs> they yeah. will. And that's, that's the so thing. so hard to believe. I know. I know. Meaning here, here's what I'm saying. Don't forgo your two-ness. Don't forgo your inclination to help. Don't neglect your beautiful, sweet, kind, attentive nature. But also give yourself some grace sometimes to know that, like, maybe this one time or this three or four times you're not going to invest in solving that problem hmm. and it will mm. be okay. It'll be okay. Hmm. Learn that from me. Don't go to the extreme to the point where you never invest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a balancing act. Like I've got to invest more. Yeah. Yeah. You probably have to invest a little less. Um, and, and actually not only will it work out, but actually people do need to figure things out for themselves. That's the codependency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. They, That's it's hard. not good for you to rescue people sometimes. I know. No. <laughs> you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really wouldn't have you on the advice there for some yeah. reason. I was just going for the... There you were. Do you have anything to say, Maisie? <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't, I don't think really anything besides just like... Oh, like, I think twos can hear and know that like they are loved regardless of what they do. 
Like regardless of what you do, you are loved just for being there and being who you are and you don't have to do anything to earn that love. Mm. I think that's something that, yeah, you're, you are good and worthy of so much love outside of that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thanks, Mason. <laughs> we are big, huge fans of twos. We are big, huge fans of Katie and Sydney. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> the time isn't enough. My clock here says two hours and seven minutes, and no it, it way. feels like not enough. Yep, yep. It, it flies by. So this is the we'll check back the in here, everybody. Up. Bye I mean, for a year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, but did you guys have any last encouragements or words to say? I know I don't. I never what? get the jokes. <laughs> I mean, I had thought of like two lines to say. Oh, please, yes. please, now, please. Should we just like close it? No, I want no, you to no. say these lines. Sydney, close this out. <laughs> Okay, so when you said uh, advice for twos, I actually thought of advice for people that love twos. That twos need to... (laughs) LOL. That twos twos need to hear that they're appreciated for things that they're done, but they also really need to hear exactly what my teacher said of that they are just loved regardless. So like both an appreciation for actual things being done and just an appreciation for the person and twos, this is the biggest thing I've been working on. You as an individual can provide that for yourself. You can remind yourself that you are loved no matter what, even if it takes recording it on a voice recording that you re-listen to yourself saying it. I may or may not have done that, and it has been helpful. So, You guys, thank you for listening. We hope that if you're a two out there, that this was helpful for you and that you enjoyed listening to these twos share their real-life experience. And if you know a two, I hope that this was helpful for you on the journey. Um, We'll be back next week with, I think, an interview. I don't know. Potentially an interview episode of a very cool person that Scott's, like, in love with. So we'll catch you next week on episode number 71. See you later.